Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hi, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And today we have another fabulous guest on the show. Um, she is Julia Rock. She is a friend of mine. I'm really happy to have uh, her on the show today. So hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing well, Dr. Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited that we have a chance to actually just chit-chat a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like we... we 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 have the we have other friends that we chit chat with, but we you and I don't get to always chit chat alone together. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm. I first off, you know, again, thank you for being on the show. I'm really in awe of all that you do, and I just, I just can't wait to you know to for other people to see, um, to see and get to know you the way that I've gotten to know you over the past what six seven months now. Yeah, I think it's about six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how we do it <laughs> on Stimming and Stilettos is um, we generally ask people to tell us their STEM story. So I'll ask you the same. Julius, tell me your STEM story. All right. So, um, so my, my career path is a little bit different. So I actually, uh, I'm in the career coaching and development space and how I got there was that way back in college, I spent so much time at the career services office in my, in my business school. I wanted to learn all I could because my goal was that I was going to graduate from school and get a really good high paying job. And I didn't know how to do that. Um, and so I said, well, I'm going to learn if they're giving me information for free, I'm going to soak all this stuff up. Uh, and so uh, I spent all my time there starting out in freshman year and in the junior year, so I guess that's back in 2006, so I'm dating myself a little bit, but, um, but back in 2006, I started to use what I was learning to help other people. So I started to do resumes for free and start to prep people for interviews for free. And so I did that for several years, never thinking of getting paid. Uh, and then in 2013, I coached one of my friends to his first six-figure job. And he's like, hey, I appreciate the free help, but you should probably think about making money off of this. This is too good to give away for free. Uh, and then at the same time, um, I had gotten in the oil and gas field. So that's, you know, some of my kind of STEM uh, engineering uh, uh, angle there. But um, getting into the oil and gas field, I had started to do recruiting from a finance perspective. And I saw the stark difference in performance between Black candidates who are coming to the booth uh, for, for career fairs and non-Black candidates. So I'm not even going to say people of color. It's, it's Black and non-Black. And I just saw that the Black candidates were not as polished or not as professional. But then I would look at their uh, resumes. And when I sifted through everything, it's like, well, you have the, the expertise, but the delivery isn't there. The professionalism isn't there. And I, and I said, with all of that I've learned over these past several years, could I not have the opportunity to help to level the playing field uh, for people who look like me so they can be more competitive? Uh, so that was 2013. So fast forward to, to 2020, 
2021, um, I've had the great opportunity to work with, with clients um, from all walks of life. And, and recently, especially with the pandemic, I've seen a lot more uh, tech-related uh, folks because they're they're trying to leverage whether it's work from home or some flexibility or starting to enter the startup uh, space. Uh, but being able to help professionals now uh, elevate their careers, change their careers so they can find uh, career opportunities that they truly love. So I've um, been doing it a long time, but I, but, but I love every minute of it. Wow. <laughs> that's like, so I, I think that's a, it's, it's amazing that you sort of felt kind of fell into it. Like, I mean, you had a plan, you worked the plan, but it seems like it was more organic and it, it was something that you were meant to do. Would you, would you agree or not agree? I would absolutely agree because I've always had a passion for helping people, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I realized that my, my ministry may not be, you know, social work or something like that. Um, I knew that my ministry, you know, was how do I help someone be the better version of themselves uh, mm-hmm. through a professional lens? Because I knew that I had built up a knack for that. And I just, it's something that I wake up every day and I love doing. Um, even whilst having a career, I just love getting up and helping people, you know, be the best version of their of their career selves because that translates into every other area of your life. When you have a job you love, you 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 have a happier family life because you're not stressed out at home. You make more money, so you can improve your quality of life. You can take care of family members. There's just so much that comes from having that right career opportunity. And so, you know, I definitely uh, feel like it's been a calling for me uh, thus far. Wow. I, I, so again. I think this is utterly amazing. Like you found your calling, you've stepped into it. Um, can I ask you how things are going? <laughs> can we do a, you know, what what is the thing on TikTok these days? Or it's like, uh, you know, how it was or how it's going? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so um, you know, kind of how, how it started, you know. Yes, how it started. How it started, you know, you're, you're, you're charging, you know, $30 for a resume and you're hoping that you can get one client, <laughs> you know, and now we're at a space where um, I've had the opportunity to be featured in places like Business Insider and Fortune and Monster and and, um, and then, you know, being featured on a variety of podcasts uh, and being able to, to sell high ticket programs, but be, but giving people the results now, it's not just resumes or cover letters uh, or one-off sessions. I'm able to help them kind of more comprehensively. Um, and then being sought after, which is which has always been something that I've looked for, where people now reach out to me to say, hey, you helped my so-and-so and I want to work with you too, or I heard you on so-and-so podcast and I want to work with you too. It's a it's a cool experience when when people people say they found me here or there. It's like I didn't even know I was over there, but okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know that right? That, that I've, I've had that happen. Um, it's a beautiful, magical thing, especially if you are an entrepreneur, like you you know you and I both are. Um, you know when people find you and you're like, how did you find me? Again? How did you find me? How did you find me? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a podcast interview the other day and this girl was like, I've been following you on social media for the longest. You're like a social media celebrity. I'm like, 
whoa, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. But she's like, she's like, I feel like I have a chance to interview somebody who's, you know, who's making an impact. And for me, that's the biggest thing. It's not about, I mean, obviously we all want to make money in our business. We all like to have a certain level of influence, but for me, it's about impact. How many people's lives can I change and can I impact, you know, because you can stay focused on likes and followers, but if you're not impacting anybody, what's it for? Uh, And so when people talk about the impact, that's the most rewarding thing for me. It's like, hey, you've been able to help me do X or help my students do X or whatever the case is. That impact means everything. Yeah, I mean, I think what you do is so important. Um, As you and I briefly talked about before the show, um, one of the focuses of the podcast this year for me has been, um, I've been very intentional about bringing people on who have a particular skill set um, that will help that'll help the women you know who listen to my podcast and, and the few men um, really level up, like really get to their next level of their career um, and whatever that is for them. And so I know you know I know a few things, right? I mean, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a black woman. I'm a woman of color in STEM, have lived and walked out um, what that means. And so I can help you to a certain extent. Right. You know, it's like so if you're in the job, I can tell you, you know, like, hey, these are some here's some footsteps for you to, you know, some blueprints for you to, to follow um, some rooms you need to be in, some questions, some key questions you need to ask. Um, but, you know, I sort of draw the line at, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a resume writer. Um, I can probably help you a little bit in terms of like, you know, what you need to do in a panel interview and some of those things, but, you know, I'd rather leave that stuff to people who do that. Right. And so, um, so my goal has sort of, has been this year to bring in some experts that will help us, um, do those things. And so really glad that you were able to be on the show. So here's here's what I want to ask. If you could, let's say, do you have, hmm, I want to say a top four, top three sort of bits of advice that you would give to a, um, let's go, like, let's say a mid-career person who's trying to, to level up, you know, like what's the first couple of things that he or she, mainly she, Black person, woman of color, what is it they need to do first? If they, they, if, and, and I'll like, let's just do some qualifiers. So they have the, they have the, the skills, they have the experience. Um, it's just sort of making the jump, I guess. Okay. All right. So thanks for, for the qualifiers. Um, so, so the first question I, I ask is, 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 what are you actually trying to achieve? Level up means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's important to get that clarity first um, in terms of what your what does success look like to you in making that next step or kind of even long term. Where are you trying to get to? Because if you're unclear about that, then the steps that you make are going to be unclear or untargeted because you're trying, you don't even know what you're going after, right? Um, and so too often I have clients who come to me, whether it's for resume help or for or interview prep, and it's like, well, where are you trying to go? And they're like, well, I'm looking for a new opportunity. Okay, let's let's keep digging. And a lot of times they haven't done the clarity step. And so it's a struggle to to help prepare you for anything because you don't know what you want. Uh, So that's the very first thing I would say is is get clear on what on what you want. 
Um, and since you already have the skills, the question is, have you now been able to correlate the skills that you have with the job opportunity that you're going to? So especially if you're changing careers, for example, your mid-career, you've amassed a certain level of success, you're highly skilled, but have you looked at the skills required for that new opportunity that you're looking for? Um, and sometimes, you know, it can go one of two ways. Some folks may say, hey, I don't, I mean, I'm skilled, but I don't think I have the right skills. But when you take that step back, you can say, actually, a lot of what I've done is transferable. I've done project management. I've, I've led teams. I've dealt, uh, you know, dealt with cross-functional um, initiatives, whatever it might be. And those may be fundamental things that feed into uh, that next role where you're going. Or it could be on the other side where it's like, hey, I, I have all these skills. I should be good to go. But then you may need to take a step back and say, but do I have everything I need to be competitive? You have to think, especially in the in the world that we're in right now, that, that you know, competition is fierce because COVID, you know, companies have shut down and there are more people looking for job opportunities. So it's, it's critical that you create the most competitive application that you can. And that may, that may mean you have to get some additional skill. And it may not be a full four-year or two-year degree, but is there a certification you need to get, a course you need to take, something to help to, to set you apart from a credential perspective that can give you an edge uh, in the application process. Um, and then the other thing is also to, uh, to think about expanding your network as well. Um, the, the reason why that is important is because you get a sense of what it truly takes to, to make it uh, where you're trying to head to, because everything looks great on a website. You know, every job looks like, hey, they're going to give you, you know, 50 weeks of vacation and, you know, flexible work policy, and you're going to be the CEO in three weeks. You know, you, you get all that from the website. But the question is, is that truly what that opportunity is going to present to you? And so it's important for you to build your network so that you ask people in your field or in the new field you're heading into, hey, I'm looking about making this transition or making this step. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? If you're staying in your own organization, perhaps making sure that you're networking upline and asking those questions um, and then having the informational interviews necessary to, to really discern, okay, am I truly prepared for this? And also this then gives you a base of people to vouch for you um, should you want to make that make that leap? So especially if you're in your own organization, building that relate building those relationships can then help this person to say, oh well, you know, Tasha has this has this opportunity, you know, is looking for this opportunity. I'd like to put her forward for that. Um, or if you're work looking externally or changing careers, this person can say, hey, you know, Dr. Tasha and I talked a little bit and I know that she's leaving so-and-so organization, but I think she'd be a really good fit for what we have here. So don't discount the power of, of, of networking um, and not just sending LinkedIn emails. You've got you've to actually talk to people, Zoom calls, and then we can get in person, get in person um, and ask real questions and start forging real relationships. So, so those are, I think those are the top three things I would say, get some clarity, understand your skill set and start working on your um, your network and starting to have conversations. Wow. <laughs> um, that was that was real comprehensive. <laughs> I, try, <laughs> I try to give people facts. I'm not going to give you fluff about just say affirmations in the mirror like you got to go out and do some work here for real. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, 
I, I think, but I think that's really, it's really key, you know, for people to do the deep dive, right, um, into themselves before they sort of present themselves out um, to other folks. So it's like, yeah, what are you trying to achieve? Where do you want to go? What do you see yourself five, 10, 15 years? Like, is your ultimate goal to be, you know, the chief technology officer? Is, is it to be a CEO? Is it to be, you know, a president? Um, where, where, you know, so then you can sort of plot out, map out what your next steps need to be. What's the, what's the logical path to that thing, right? Um, and then what skills am I going to need? So you do the skills matcher, the skills assessment, which I absolutely love that you talked about, uh, where you, you're saying, okay, so I have project management, you know, I have, you know, I have a, a few other items I've gone, you know, I've got a couple of certificates, I got these, you know, a couple of degrees and, and, and um, years of experience doing X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Um, but if I, you know, I'm here now, so, but if I want to get there, um, there's a, there's some few, there's a few things, few couple things that I might need to work on getting. And that may entail me, you know, going back to school, taking a couple of classes, whether that's a, the professional workforce development route or actually going to sit in the classroom, you know? And so then sort of doing the self-assessment of like, okay, so do I have what it takes to be competitive in this current market? Cause that's a different thing, right? And so I love that. I just, I loved all of that. And especially when you talked about expanding your network, because I feel like this is the one area where um, us as um, people of color, I think this is the one area where we, we kind of fall down. Like we may have, we may have slammed. We got, we got that other piece, right? Um, I think, you know, maybe we are overqualified in some places, uh, but we don't know folks. <laughs> right. We don't know people. And so, you know, when you're talking, I mean, talk, having people talk about you in rooms that you are not in is so important. It is, it is everything. And I can speak that from experience, um, that having people talk about you, speak your name um, is really important. So you need to be networking with people. You need to be telling them what you're doing. And I know some, some of us has grown up with this idea that, um, that's bragging and we don't want to do that. Well, let me just let you know that that is not bragging. That is you um, telling them what's happened, right? Um, telling them of your wins, of your experience, of the lessons you've learned. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the way of the world. Um, so get to networking, people. Get to networking. And, and I want to add on something to the, to the bragging portion. When you think about it, you don't buy a product if you don't think it's going to work for you. So if Apple came out with a phone and said, hey, I've got a phone, buy it. You'd be like, uh, okay, there's nothing convincing me about it. But they'll tell you about how the technology in the phone performs, the battery life, the all this stuff this phone can do. It'll cook your breakfast and make your bed. You know, that's why we're going to charge, a, you know, $1,000 for it. And no one thinks that Apple is bragging about it. They're positioning the product as this is why you need it in your life. It's the same thing when it comes to our careers, is that you're not bragging if you're A, you're just sharing facts, 
but also you're positioning yourself to let these folks know, this is why you need me. This is what I can do for you. Here are the results I've already delivered. This is how many wins I've had. Don't you want these wins in your organization too? And so when we, when we switch the lens as to how we're positioning ourselves and thinking about how we position ourselves, it'll take us a lot farther because then we don't have the, the apprehension of, well, I don't want to say too much about myself. I don't want to brag. I don't want to be conceited. It's like, no, I'm selling myself as, hey, this is why you need me. And, right. and, and so I, that, that lens change will make a world of difference in how we go after opportunities and, and get proactive about them as well. Right. I, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, like I said, I think that's the one area where, um, it's, you know, I would say, especially for Black women, because we've been told we're so much of everything, right? Um, we're too meek, we're too mild, we're too, we're too bold, we're too bossy, we're too, so we don't even know where to land, right? You know, it's like we're walking around and on tiptoe, um, you know, it's like, I don't even know how to be in these situations. So, um you you basically expanding on the idea um, of like, you know, it's not bragging, you know, A, it's not bragging if it's true, right? Um, and B, like, how else are people going to know you? Like, what is it you're about? Like, you know, they understand that you're in the room for a reason, right? But uh, unless you open up your mouth and tell them, how else they going to know? Um you know, and, and I had to get over that too when, especially after I got my doctorate, um, I used to love for, you know, other people to be like, yeah, and this is Dr. Anderson and she's just so wonderful and amazing. And then I just started saying, you know, what if I'm in this room by myself? Like I'm it. Because I had really made it a point at some point in my career to start networking, which means that I was going to be in rooms where, um, I may have known one person, right? And it, and by known, I mean, I'm like, uh, we might've been in a meeting or two together. Um, not like we was, you know, you got my cell phone number. Um, and so it was like, it, it was, you have to talk. You have to talk and tell about yourself. And there's a way to do it. For me, I had to find a way to do it that felt comfortable to me. Right. Um, without downplaying any skills, any titles that I might hold, any certificates or degrees or any of the things. So that's the key um, advice that I would give is to find a way, figure it out, um, figure out your pitch, um, if we're going to call it a pitch, um, that's comforting or comfortable to you so that it it can be a come, it can become a part of your normal conversation. So it's not like you have to um, you know, practice it. Hi, I am Julia Rock. As you read it off the card, no. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. And and the other thing that I tell folks is because I, I've had clients, especially Black women who've come to me who've said, I'm scared to death of, of talking to people. And and so I, you know, I, I, I always ask the question, first and foremost, are you going to let your fear overcome, you know, the goals that you have um, or outweigh the, the goals and the success that you want to go after. It's about what's more important to you, holding on to that fear 
or is it achieving your goals? Because once you realize that I have to do this and I have to let go of this fear in order to get to where I need to be, you automatically start to think differently. And then in addition to that, you don't have to start uh, large. You don't have to go and be the life of every party and you're, and you're pitching yourself to everybody in there. You can start with one person. You can set up one conversation, just one. Don't even have to make it long-winded. You know, 15-minute coffee chat, you know, and it, before you even do that, start to, you know, especially if you're on a, a platform like LinkedIn, you can start to comment on posts and just start to create engagement because then you start to break down the barrier of fear a little bit so that then you feel comfortable to reach out and actually schedule something. So, you know, it, it's first letting go of the fear, knowing that you have to go after your goal, but also starting really, really small and then building up from there as well. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's just say we have, we have a person, um, you know, a woman of color who says, okay, I got that. I've done, I've done those things, right. I'm ready to do, you know, the what's next. So what would be your advice? So like they've done the networking, they've got a decent enough network. They've done the skills assessment. They've done the, you know, so I guess this point is sort of, they got to pull the trigger, right? They have to put the resume in. They have to prep themselves for the interview, have to show up and show out um, for lack of a better term. Um, or is that right or no? So, so, so if you've done all the things, uh, typically what'll happen if, you, if you've done networking the right way and an opportunity is coming up, someone will reach out to you and say, hey, uh, Dr. Tasha, uh, can you send your resume my way? And then that's typically when people say, ah, damn, I don't have my resume together, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, because it's like they've done all the things, but they haven't then translated all the things into their document. And so um, while you're doing these things, this is a, it's important for you to build a strong resume uh, and really take your time to be thoughtful about what you put into it. Because, again, yes, you've networked and so forth, but depending on who you've networked with, they may still have to pass you on or have a follow up discussion and they may and since you're not going to be in the room they may want to just see what you look like on paper and if you don't look that great uh, that may be some cause for some churn or recycle or a slower decision being made and so I would I would highly recommend that like you said pulling the trigger uh, for going after the opportunities but spending time on your resume and and I can't stress this enough um, presentation is everything you can have all the degrees in the world, but if your resume isn't formatted correctly, there are, you know, there's spelling errors, there's grammar errors and all of that kind of thing. It won't shine through. Recruiters and hiring managers are only spending a few seconds trying to sift through all the candidates. And if your stuff's not together, they don't have time to see that you're awesome. Like they want to see that you're awesome by looking at something that's well put together. And mm -hmm. that's part of the challenge that I had when I was doing the recruiting back in 2013 was that for some of the resumes, it's like, who did this for you? I mean, <laughs> and it's no, no Tino shade, but it's like, who did this for you? And why didn't you just tell them to start over? Because this is just not, it's not doing you any favors. I mean, I had a, uh, someone who came up to me for a finance job and he misspelled finance on the top of his resume. Mm -hmm. I mean, big bold letters, just not even spelled correctly. And I'm like, sir, you know, I can't help you. And he's yeah. like, well, it, my friend did my, sir, I'm not, do you see the line behind you? 
I, I don't have time to try to figure out why you don't have your act together. There's a hundred other people behind you. I need to talk to all of these candidates. And so it's that mindset you have to have of this may be the only shot you have uh, on paper with someone who's looking further up line. So you've got to put together, put the effort uh, into the presentation as well as the content uh, of your resume, as well as your LinkedIn profile. And that's a whole other conversation um, and cover letter. Yes, cover letters are still a thing. Let me just squeeze that in here. Cover letters are still a thing. I know everyone's like, oh, no one cares. The fact is with more, uh, with more candidates being in the market and more qualified candidates being in the market, what are you going to say that's going to separate you? That cover letter is a, is a space for you to share you know, your fit with the organization, share why you want to work there. Uh, it, it helps to give it some additional flavor and personality that may not be captured in your resume. So please don't sell your cover letter short either. Wow. Okay. I didn't, well, I mean, I think I, I heard the opposite myself. So it's good to know that, you know, you're out here basically give, correcting that, that information that's out there about the cover letter. Yeah. I mean, because, because for a while people would say, oh, no one cares about cover letters. No one cares about cover letters, but think about it. If you have two qualified candidates and they all have the same, you know, they have the same thing, you have to make a distinction. Mm-hmm. And so if you're the person who submits a cover letter, who takes the extra effort to put in a cover letter and really articulate well why you want to work there and what you bring, that's going to separate you from the person who has the equal amount of, um, of skills. So why pass that up? It's that, you know, it's people say, well, it's tedious. It takes work. But it's like this is your success. This is your career. And so if you're trying to find the easiest, most convenient way to do it, you can't be upset if you don't get the results you're looking for. You've got to be willing to put in the work. Right. No, totally agree with that. Um, can't, couldn't agree more, actually. I mean, it's it's about standing out, standing up, standing out. And and that's that's part of the thing that I help help women um, women do, especially if you are a woman of color in STEM. Um, that's part of how, you know, part of my coaching sessions is, is basically helping you to, hey, figure it out. Like what where does it what is it you're trying to do? Um, where is it you're trying to go? How can you you stand up and st- stand up for yourself and then stand out from the crowd um, uh, outside of just being, you know, a woman of color? Um, like what it, what is what does your resume look like? How are you showing up in spaces? Um, you know, what are people saying about you when you're not there? So like helping them sort of think through that narrative um, and then, you know, sort of pushing through um, to make some changes so that they can they can move to their next level. So um, I love that. I love, love all of this. Um, and I think my listeners are going to really, really eat this up because they need it. Um, we need it. Um, so we can, I mean, you know, truth is truth. Okay, so um, take us to the end. So like, let's see, we've made it through the interview process. We've, we've, we've got the resume together. We've done the cover letter. We've, we've, we've gotten the interview. What do we need to do then? So if you haven't actually had the interview yet, so if, so if you're in the preparation phase, the key thing that, uh, the, or two of the key things that you have to think about is one, how do I now communicate 
my value to this interviewer because they're seeing something on paper, but it's important for you to be able to communicate your value in such a way that's relevant to what they're looking for. So if you think about the job description and what they're asking you for, you now have to be able to articulate and properly answer the question, why should we hire you? Like that should be in the back of your mind as you're preparing because people, they, they, they do the prep questions online and they iron their shirts and all that kind of stuff. But what the person is really looking for in that conversation is the answer to one question. Why should we hire you? And that come, and so that's something that you should be thinking through as you go through your prep. What kind of examples can you share about your experience? What kind of results you delivered? All of these things to answer that question, why should we hire you? And it may come in different forms. Why, why do you think that you're a fit for what we do or what value can you bring to the team? It, you know, it may not be as prescriptive as why should we hire you, but that should be uh, part of your preparation. And also, in addition to communicating your value, thinking about how you can show that you're a fit for the organization um, and, and, and showing whether it's that your values are aligned with what they're looking for um, or, you know, in terms of the overall culture of what you've learned or whether there's something that's happening in the community that resonates with you, something that shows um, a little bit more of a fit. And, and then one other thing, if you don't listen to anything else I've said, please make sure that you have questions to ask your interviewer. Do not leave an interview without asking questions uh, it, it, for, for two reasons. One, it shows genuine interest in the opportunity uh, and learning more about what they do and, and, and that you know, that helps to, to help you put a best foot forward, but also it gives you the chance to get some insight into what's happening at this company. Is this where I want to work? Do they have a commitment to work-life balance, diversity and inclusion, you know, whatever it might be, whatever is important to you about your workplace, whatever your career values are, that interview is an, is an ample opportunity or provides ample opportunity for you to get um, answers to those questions. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I feel like um, that was a meaty, juicy bit of information. Um, so you, we've got you, we we got you through the interview. So like, okay, um, I got the offer. What next? So uh, you should always negotiate, even even mm-hmm. if it's um, e- even if it's what you what you ask for the, or, or what you're looking for. Still negotiate. I think I think the statistics are that 70 percent of companies are expecting you to to negotiate. So if you don't negotiate, you're purposely leaving money on the table. Um, So you should definitely uh, negotiate. And and what I what I like to say, um, I tell my clients is, you know, when you're when you're especially if you're doing a written counter offer, um, you may want to do the compliment sandwich. So what I call the compliment sandwich is you start off the, the, the counter offer by saying, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited about X, Y, and Z. You know, uh, I'm thrilled to be able to uh, potentially join the team. Then in the middle is where you talk about, hey, this is a little far off from the, from the salary that I'm looking for. I was more in this range and, and here's why. And then you end that with the, you know, um, but I would love the opportunity to get started and, 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 and add some value to the team and help you to achieve whatever the objectives were that you discussed in the interview. Because then it's like you start off nice and then you give them the, 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 the negative bit and then you end it, it, you end it in a nice way. Because then it's like, okay, so this person seems like they're ready to join us. They're excited about the opportunity. They even remembered the milestones we talked about. But it seems that we're not there on salary. Could we make this move 
And then we avoid having to go back and search for a new candidate. Do we really want to start the process over again for, for you know, 10 grand um, or whatever the, the, the gap is? So um, so I definitely say to negotiate and also, especially if you're doing a, a written or a verbal uh, counteroffer, that you do the compliment sandwich, uh, which helps to soften the blow, uh, but still get your point across as to, I don't, I'm not taking this without more money. So. Got you. Got you. Okay. Love it. <laughs> I I love it. Um and I'm so I'm so appreciative. Oh, good lord. This this cough girls crazy. Um okay. So, we have done the compliment sandwich. They've accepted the counter offer first day. But uh, So, on the first day, um the, the, the most important thing I think for you to understand is what are the team's priorities and what are, is your boss's priorities? Um, so typically on your first day, you're meeting people and saying hi, but typically you also have a chance to sit down with your manager for a period of time um, to just get a feel or whatever they like to call it. And so the idea is that, um, you know, you want to you want to take the time to uh, to figure out well what's the team's priorities? What are the milestones we're driving to? What is our overall objective uh, on a weekly, monthly, daily basis? Because you want a scene set as to how do I need to prioritize my work from here? How do I make sure I'm adding the most value I can from the time I get started? Because too often people just hop in and they're like, okay, well let me do the training manual and the and the CBTs online. But understanding from day one what's important to the team and especially what's important to your supervisor will help you to think about this is what I need to do to be effective and also to stand out because I know this is what this person is looking for and what will help the team move forward. So getting that real sense of the priorities that first day, it'll also help to settle you so that you're not trying to do all the things. It's like, Mm -hmm. hey, I don't have to learn and do everything today. Here are the things I need to focus on first and then branch out to some of my other responsibilities. Got you. I love that. I think, and and I think it's really smart because, you know, one of the things that could happen is that you get completely overwhelmed that first day, first week, first month, first couple of months. And some people never really recover, right? right. They just never really recover from it. And so, um, which, you know, usually ends up with you looking not like your best self. So um, just sort of setting those expectations early um, or having them set for you um, can, you know, can be helpful. So I, I, um, I, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, okay. One last question. And it's the question that I ask everyone. Well, no, I two, two questions. One, if people are looking for you and I'm sure that they will be looking for you, um, where can they find you? Uh, so they can find me on all major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, at Rock Career, uh, R-O-C-K Career. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Julia Rock. Uh, and then they can also visit our website, uh, which is rockcareer.com. So I keep the keep the wording consistent so people can find me. <laughs> I hear it. Like, I mean, I think I love, you know, I love the name. We've talked about it before. Love it. Um, so so um, just for those folks who heard all of that information and have already forgotten it, um, it will be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. So as I say all the time, people read the show notes, read the show notes. Okay. Um, so one last question. Um, if you could, 
if you could go back in time, travel through time and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? Uh, to speak up, to speak up more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always been a person who's outspoken, but I think especially when I started my, my, my second, second role or my second career in oil and gas, I don't think I spoke up as much in my first year as I, as I could have um, or my first couple of years. And, and I think speak up for what you want. Uh, don't roll over for certain things. Um, you have value, you have skills. Um, you know, you can be a team player, but it's important to speak up for what's important to you. Um, and so that's, that's definitely what I would say is just speak, thinking of thinking back. It's like, there are certain situations now that I reflect on like, man, I should have, should have handled that differently or spoken up a little bit more in those given situations. Wow. Yeah. I think it's good advice for, for, um, all of us at some point or other, I think, you know, for whatever reason, we didn't speak when we should have. And, um, you know, but when, when you know better, you do better. And that, that is what I know to be true. (laughs) All right. So I really, again, thank you, Julia, for just, oh my goodness, you had so many good, um, little, I won't even say little, you had good big nuggets for people to pick up and some directives on things that they need to do, especially if you are if you're that woman who, you know, that woman of color um, who is really thinking, hey, I'm ready to make, you know, that leap. I'm ready to go to the next level. Um, do the things that that Julia was talking about, right? That goes beyond, yes, get your resume done for sure. But all of the other internal hard work, do that too. So that when you land wherever it is you're going to land, you can know that you are in the right spot and it's not a, you're running away from something or you're running to something. You know exactly where you're going because you've planned to go there. Um, And so, which I think is the key to um, career success. So absolutely do those things. All right. So thanks again, Julia, for just agreeing to be on my little podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for thinking of me and having me on. I'm excited uh, about this episode and for for everyone to hear it. So, but thank you again, Dr. Tasha. You know that I admire you so much. So, thank you. Um, it's an honor for me to even be here. So, thank you. No, oh, thank you. Okay. Um. So, you guys, that is that's it. That is how we're going to end today. Um. It's just been lovely. Um. And as always, I I ask that you guys keep yourself safe. And until we meet again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.